And let us pray. Surprise, surprise. The stone has been moved and the tomb is empty. Surprise, surprise. The tired limbs find life to run and run so as to tell someone else what they have seen for themselves. Surprise, surprise. The body is not where it's meant to be, just the burial clothes in a tidy pile where the corpse should have been. Surprise, surprise. Mary weeps over the startling news. She stares and wonders at the empty space until God's messengers ask her what she is crying over. Surprise, surprise. Jesus is behind her, but the tears blur her vision and her senses until he calls her by her name. Mary. Surprise, surprise. A joyful shout of recognition, a loving embrace, a moment of exhilaration. That new life is here. Surprise, surprise. The work of God is not finished yet. Run and tell the others this good news. God is not dead, but alive. Amen. In a moment, Anne's going to read to us one portion of the resurrection story. But what I ask you is, as you listen, what is wrong with the story? What is wrong with the story? I invite Anne Anderson to read our lesson. The reading this morning is from St. John's Gospel, chapter 20, reading verses 10 to 18, and this can be found on page 1089 in the Bible in the Pew, page 1089. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Then the disciples went back to their home, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with this news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen, and may God add his blessing to the reading from his holy word. Amen. Gerard Hughes tells an intriguing story in that marvellous book, The God of Surprises. This is what he wrote there. It's a tale. I'll call him Jock. He was Scots and tall and sandy-haired, freckled and tactile. By trade, he was an interior direct, uh, in, uh, decorator, but unemployed, and he was staying with friends, helping them decorate a room. I was also staying with Jock worked like a monk with a, vow, like a, with a vow of silence. His conversation seemed limited to I and mm. Before joining us for an evening meal, he went off for a pint or two. And then, even though he had some wine with the food, he still remained locked in his inner cell. All he would add is ta to I and maybe. Towards the end of one meal, however, we began to talk about North Wales, where I was working. Jock looked up from his plate with obvious interest, and then he began to speak. I said I was in Wales last summer, my first holiday away from home. Hughes can't remember the details, but it was a long story. Either Jock had gone to Wales, because he'd been jilted with his good old friend to find her, or he was trying to forget her. But Jock went on. What I found myself doing, walking over the moors where I dug. My mates would have thought I was crazy, but I felt happy. I came to the cliffs by the sea, and I just sat there. The sea looked off a big, and I fell off a wee. But I was happy. Daft, isn't it? I kind of tell my mates, because they think I was a bit kinky. Hughes go on to say that Jock had a natural sense of wonder. He had a feeling of his own tininess in the face of creation. He had experienced happiness, not terror. He then suggests that wonder is the beginning of wisdom. The happiness that Jock felt was a taste of the joy of humility, which is a glad acceptance of our tininess and independence. Well, this morning we heard about another human being full of wonder who found unexpected joy. For despite her grief, Mary Magdalene continued to look, she continued to accept, she continued to be open. In fact, she continued to sense her dependence on faith and her own tininess in understanding. And as a result, she had an unexpected meeting 
with Christ. In other words, God surprised her. And here is the lesson for us. Since much of our living today pressurizes us into being material and materialistic. Yet that means being closed to the spiritual. It means closed to the encounter, closed to the meaning of the risen Christ. The risen Christ in the most unlikely of places and the most unlikely of times. On the other hand, if we are true to the hope of Easter, we must struggle to be awake, fight to be observant, be expectant of the unexpected. In other words, we must spy out Jesus in his hiding places. This is certainly the experience of Kathleen O'Sullivan that she relates in her book, Light Out of Darkness. I know I have told you the story before, but it has huge meaning. She was ministering somewhere in the Midlands of England, and she went into a fish and chip shop for her evening meal. She recalls standing in a queue of people who had huddled into themselves against the bitterly cold night outside. All the people wanted to do was get their food and get home, Suddenly the door opened and a gentleman of the road stepped in. The crowd pulled back from him and a figure of authority appeared. She remembered it all happening in an extremely well-mannered way. But the vagrant had enough for a cup of coffee and some chips. He seemed at ease in the unease that was all around him. So Kathleen got her packet, steaming packet of fish and chips, and as she left, she glanced at the man. Then in an instant, her whole world reeled about her, for she saw the eyes that had seen Peter, had seen the disciples, had seen the face of God. She also saw the smile of recognition. She pulled the door behind her. She wondered how often she had walked past Christ and not recognized him. Here then is a modern day account of the Mary Magdalene story. Here is someone hearing Christ call her name. Here is an opportunity to look for God in someone you least expect. Here indeed is the chance of the glimpsing of Jesus out from cover for just a second. However, such sighting skills spell out more than just sighting skills. For we do look for Jesus not so much in the unexpected places, but in unexpected guises. Then we open ourselves not just to the meeting, but also his commanding and our requirement of doing. brings me to my last question to you. Have you ever heard of suspended coffee? Have you ever come across the term suspended coffee? 
Well, I hadn't, but it appeared on my Facebook page from a friend just this week. And here's the story of how it came about. This is the person who recounts what suspended coffee is all about. We entered the little coffee house with a friend and gave an order. When we approached our table, two people came in, went to the counter, five coffees, please, two for us and three suspended. They paid for their order, took their two, and left. I asked my friend, what's all this about suspended coffee? My friend said, wait for it and you will see. So more people entered, two girls there for a coffee each, and they went. Next order was for seven coffees. It was made by three lawyers, three for themselves and four suspended. While I was still wondering what this deal about suspended coffees was, I enjoyed the sunshine and the beautiful view from the cafe towards the square. Suddenly a man dressed in shabby clothes, who looked like a beggar, came in and went up to the counter and quietly asked, do you have any suspended coffee? Simple. People pay in advance for coffee meant for someone who cannot afford a warm beverage. Tradition of the suspended coffee started in Naples of all places, but spread across the world. And in some places you can order not just a coffee, but a sandwich or a whole meal. If then this Christmas time we follow the way of Mary and are open to wondering, let us look for Christ in those who are in need, those we often discount, those we least think are in the image of an all-powerful God. Let us be alive to our own dependence on Jesus and His unexpected prompting to help the tidy. Because then alone, we are ready to be surprised but also, in turn, we are ready to surprise and even delight. Amen. Let us give thanks and think of others. Let us pray. Lord, you tell us how it will be, but we fail to understand your instructions. We imagine what life will be with you and are shocked and surprised that it does not fulfill our expectations, yet meets your needs. On this Easter day, as we wonder at a miracle of life out of death, as we take in what it means for us in a world that sees death as punishment, as we comprehend the possibility that life is more than we can ever bargain for, bless and sustain us. O oh Lord, as we celebrate the hope of new beginnings and Grasp the chance to live life with you. Bless and sustain us. 
we cast aside our funereal clothes and join in with your victory dance of life, bless and sustain us. As we begin to look forward in faith, rather wallow in despair, bless us and sustain us this Easter day that marks a resurrection for all of us here. This we ask in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us reflect in our own hearts of what resurrection genuinely means for ourselves.